Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, Ray Russell here, and welcome to a special edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade. For those keeping count, this is episode number 61. Now, originally, we intended for this episode to cover all of the news and notes and arena result discussions for February 1987 in the WWF. That topic has been postponed until next week's edition of the Grenade, and that's because for those who follow me on my social media accounts, you probably already know, but for those who don't, I had a family emergency that started over last weekend. My grandmother, who I've spoken of here in the past on the show from time to time, uh, my grandmother raised me from birth, legally adopted me when I started school, taught me about everything that is good in this world and can be good in this world. And I I truly believe her love is really the reason I'm still here today. Um, Sadly, she experienced a major health issue Saturday morning pertaining to one of her arteries and underwent emergency heart surgery over the weekend. Uh, At 80 years old and with other health issues going on as well, they really didn't think she would even have a chance to make it through the surgery. But after many of your thoughts and prayers and well wishes, I'm happy to say she did make it through the surgery and her circulation is probably the best it's been in about 20 years. However, at her age and it being such a major surgery, um, she has a long, long road uh, recovery right now. She's going to have to be taken to a rehabilitation center this week. Lots of therapy ahead in a uh, rehab center to get her back walking and talking better. So it's still pretty rough emotionally and mentally on the family because even though she had issues getting around, she was always very vibrant and talkative and it's hard seeing her lay there so weak, groggy, unable to lift her head for long periods of time and, and speaking so softly. But I keep telling myself that the hardest part is behind her. She survived the surgery and now it's just getting back on her feet. And of course, this coming just... Weeks after the unexpected passing of my 33-year-old cousin, uh, now my kids are also out of school for the summer. My wife's getting ready for uh, maternity leave here in about a month. I've been fixing up the yard, the house for the summer. It's been a hectic past few weeks, but I've continued to put out content, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. And that's why I'm here doing this right now, this week, rather than just taking a week off. I absolutely appreciate all of the listeners' kind words, whether it's been simple little responses on Twitter or a DM sending me positive thoughts until people find themselves in these type of situations. They don't really realize. I don't think a lot of people realize how much simple words of kindness, encouragement, someone spending a few seconds of their day showing you a little emotional support or or sympathy or whatever you want to call it. I think some people don't realize what that can do for someone who has been hit with a lot of bad things. Like I have been in recent weeks, things like that. They just, it just helps you boost your morale Helps you take that next breath just a little deeper. So once again, I thank you guys for taking those few seconds, minutes out of your day to let me know that you're there and you're sending positivity my way, my family's way. Really, really appreciate all of you. With that said, as I touched on a couple of minutes ago, we will pick back up with 1987 in the WWF next week here on The Grenade when we begin to cover February of 87 on the road to WrestleMania 3. 
The Hart Foundation win the WWF Tag Team titles. Referee Danny Davis is finally fired by President Jack Tunney, but it doesn't take him too long to find a new employer. Barry Darso replaces Randy Colley as Smash of Demolition. Outback Jack makes his long-awaited in-ring debut in the WWF. Andre the Giant officially makes his heel turn when he challenges Hulk Hogan to a championship match in the WrestleMania. All of that and so much more to discuss over the next couple weeks here on The Grenade. But for this week, given the brief time I had to put something together, for those who followed us before the 1987 project, you know that we did an extensive dive into the year of 1993 in the WWF, and that included all of the pay-per-views, including WrestleMania 9, Mega Maniacs Challenging Money Incorporated, The Undertaker, One-on-One with the Giant Gonzalez, Mr. Perfect, and The Narcissist, and WWF Champion Bret Hart battling Yokozuna. But with a week away from Mania, the WWF hosted a two-hour special on the USA Network dubbed the March to WrestleMania 9, one final monster push for the pay-per-view. With the likes of the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Yokozuna, The Undertaker going up against Bam Bam Bigelow, Kamala exacting revenge on his former handler Kim Chi, Mr. Perfect takes on Skinner in his final appearance as the Alligator Man gimmick, mixed tag team action with the Bushwhackers teaming with Tiger Jackson, the future Dink the Clown, against the likes of the Beverly Brothers and Little Louie, plus other action involving Tatanka, Tag Team Champions Money Incorporated, we'll see Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels, Crush goes hunting for Octopus, or Octopi, or however you pronounce that, and a drug-infused promo from the Mega Maniacs that you'll never forget. You'll have to stay tuned and listen, you don't want to miss that. So here it is, guys, from our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, one of many watch-alongs featured on the all-access tier of patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. For the low, low price of just $5 per month, it's the all-access tier. No subscription, cancel anytime, and for $5, you get five gifts. You get my insanely detailed show notes, early access to many of the new podcasts here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, plus unedited versions of Tom Robinson's TR Shocks The World Show, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade, featuring additional content originally edited out of the show. Well, it's edited back in for the first time ever. You'll hear that as part of the remastered versions of those early episodes of The Grenade. And of course, yes, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series. International fans can join along with us on the WWE Network here in the States. It's the Peacock. Or you guys can just listen and have some fun. I promise the Mega Maniacs coked out promo is intact for your listening pleasure, so stay tuned for that. The Watch Along, recorded back in November of 2021. Steve Eckstadt along for the ride on this episode is my co-host. This is the WWF's March to WrestleMania 9. Hey guys, welcome back to the Watch Along series here on Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. I am Ray Russell. Joining me for this Watch Along episode is Mr. Steve Ekstat. Steve, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Uh, This was your idea, in fact. We're doing March to WrestleMania 9. It's a USA special. It aired Sunday night, I believe April 28th? Or March 28th, I apologize. Uh, silly me. Uh, WrestleMania is <laughs> yeah, April yeah. 4. I should have known. But yeah, March 28th, 1993. It's the March to WrestleMania 9. It's great bonus material to the current 
what's ongoing on the Wrestling Memory Grenade show right now as we're covering all of 1993 in the WWF. We're getting ready to do the WrestleMania 9 watch along on there. So this is a great complimentary piece, no doubt, to the Grenade series going on right now. This is our watch along series on Patreon, though, part of the all access tier for just $5 a month. Of course, we do have 14 different tiers there on Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. And if you're listening to this program, you've probably already signed up for the all-access tier or higher, we hope. No shady business dealings out there, I hope. Anyways, a reminder, <laughs> there's no commitment. You guys can cancel anytime, so spread the word. Invite your friends to join for one month. Give us a try. We think they're going to end up liking us just as much as you guys do. They won't be disappointed. And Steve, I'm adding a little incentive here. I'm not going to say what it is. I'll talk to these Patreon members on the side and we'll we'll discuss it. But any successful referrals of the $5 all-access tier or higher will actually lead to a free gift here on Patreon for any current members who send their friends our way. Your friends do need to sign up for the $5 all-access tier or higher for you to receive said free gift here on Patreon, but the offer is out there, Steve. So very cool incentive. Yeah, absolutely. So invite your friends, get them to sign up, and uh, we'll get something sent your way. And I do want to thank our current patrons who have been subscribing and sticking with us as we continue to add new uh, watch-alongs coming up. A lot of 1996 coming up, Steve. WrestleMania 12, In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, Slamboree 96. Actually, that one might scare them away. I probably shouldn't have said that, but too late now. Uh, <laughs> but this is... Can't be the, any worse than what, Uncensored 96. Oh, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know about that. But uh, this this episode, however, is the March to WrestleMania 9. It aired on the USA Network all the way back Sunday night, March 28th, 1993. It is on the Peacock. Just look up March to WrestleMania. It's right there. It used to be in the Hidden Gems section. I'm not sure if it, where it's at now on the WWE Network for you international listeners, but it is still out there. It is on the WWE Network. It is on Peacock. Uh, you guys will be able to follow along. All you got to do is go dial that up, look it up, get it ready to go. For those of Peacock with commercials, I don't know what to tell you. Just kind of f- figure it out. Uh, pause this when you need to <laughs> make it through the commercial breaks. Uh, but it is what it is. We're going to get going, Steve. If you're ready to go, we're going to count it down and get this thing going. I'm ready to roll. All right. We're going to play you guys out. I'm going to count it down. We're going to press play. We're going to let the audio play to kick the show off. And then me and Steve will take over shortly thereafter. So everybody get ready in five Four, three, two, one, press play. Welcome to the March to WrestleMania. This is Vince McMahon, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Earlier this weekend, we all witnessed the official contract signing for the World Wrestling Federation title matchup to be held at WrestleMania. Earlier this week, I was present for the official contract signing of the big title bout between challenger Yokozuna and Just World Wrestling second, Federation champion, Brett please. the Hitman Hart. Gentlemen, please take your seats for the signing. Like 
So one final, well, actually, it might be the first time these two actually connected in the ring was this contract signing the week before WrestleMania 9. You figure they would have got this out of the way before. Now, Yokozuna wins at the Royal Rumble. It takes him two months to come up with a contract signing. Why do you even need a contract signing? It kind of sounds like, I mean, like if, you, if the winner of the Royal Rumble automatically wrestles the champion, isn't that already in a contract somewhere? Uh, yeah, I, that's I the get, contract that the Rumble <laughs> signed, right? So I guess this is just a necessity. Uh, for those wondering, they might see a wrestling challenge banner here. This is recorded on a wrestling challenge taping. Most people might say, but that's the secondary syndicated show. Why wasn't it recorded at Superstars? Well, it was recorded at Superstars. There's actually pictures out there of both contract signings. They taped it the first night on Superstars. Apparently, Vince wasn't happy with how it played out, so they do it again here at the Wrestling Challenge taping the next day, and that's that's why it airs here, Wrestling Challenge this weekend. This happened just earlier in the same day, I believe. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, I, You sent me the pictures, and they had too many damn people in the ring. That's probably why I reshot it. <laughs> Yeah, they had like basically every single agent, every single agent on under contract was in the ring for the superstars version of the contract signing. Uh, Everyone from Blackjack Lanza to Rene Goulet to Sergeant Slaughter and and beyond. And then uh, they they clearly shrunk it down there in that that second taping of the contract signing. Yokozuna, though, same ending. Yokozuna lands the bonsai drop on the champion, laying him out. But Brett being Brett. He managed to get up to his feet before uh, the segment ended. So he took the best of Yokozuna, and he got back up. Yoko's been making a hell of a name for himself. He's only been here, what, five months now at this point, and he's already smashed his way. I mean, look what he did to Hacksaw Jim Duggan in February. Took him out for several weeks, if not months. Uh, Now he's going after Bret Hart. He won at the Royal Rumble, last eliminating the Macho Man of all people. And, hell, he even took out Virgil at Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention, you took out your boy there. Yeah, Verge. Uh, Virgil. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, so, I don't have any uh, sound uh, bites of Virgil queued up for this episode of the Watch Along series. But uh, <laughs> this is, uh, for those who don't understand back then, you know, back in these days, 1993, there weren't a lot of competitive matches on TV and even not so much on Raw to the degree, you know, you see, you see now or for the last, you know, ever since the Monday Night War era started anyway. Right, and um right. So these were really special. They weren't just USA specials. They were special because you usually got a couple of matches you never see otherwise unless you were at a house show or a TV taping or something. And on this episode, it's The Undertaker and Bam Bam Bigelow. But we're going to kick things off with Yokozuna going in the ring against the Macho Man Randy Savage, Steve. Yeah, a great way to start here. That's um, a continuation of their Royal Rumble match. Yeah, it's an excellent way to follow up their, yeah, the finish of the Royal Rumble and the final Final thing Yokozuna does before he gets in the ring with Bret Hart at WrestleMania. So it's very important. And it should be noted, Yokozuna wrestled the Macho Man on and off for the last three months on the house shows. So this is probably what you got if you were at one of those house shows during that period. Something along the lines of this match. Yeah, plus Macho is probably one of the very few people on the roster that can afford to take a loss to make Yoko look good right before Mania. So um, makes sense why it's him. Plus, Macho's going to make him look like a million bucks. It's, it's Macho, man. So it um, should be a fun match here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I You know, when they announced this, when I knew this was coming, it was like the biggest match on free TV up until this point, in my eyes anyway, Yokozuna. I'm not counting like Saturday night's main event. I mean, just your typical TV programming. 
course, this would get formatted into replacing the Monday Night Raw show that airs the following night on the 29th. The Monday Night Raw episode will actually end up being some of the matches from this USA special. So this is technically an episode of Raw as well. Yeah, yeah. So you got Macho coming out here. Uncoordinated yes. gear here. It's all right. I like it anyway. It's all right. Uh-huh. Savage, uh, so, Savage getting ready to take on the, the, uh, the big Yokozuna. And it's, uh, it's amazing what Savage would do, uh, you know, for the company, uh, to get in here like this when, when they're, uh, kind of forcing him into semi-retirement or damn near complete retirement again for well, quite a while after WrestleMania or after this match, yeah. I should say, really. And this, this is, uh, not will crush, but this is pretty much it. Besides the crush feud that's coming up, yeah, that'll that'll uh, Savage will come back out of retirement near the end of the year to work with Crush to help try to get him over. Uh, yeah, because well, I mean, Crush needed it. Fortunately, that you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll get we, we'll get to that on down the road here. We got months to go before we get there. Right now, we have yeah. sympathy on Crush <laughs> the first time <laughs> this year. Uh, via Doink the Clown. Of course, they got a match coming up here at WrestleMania. And right now, it's the Macho Man taking his gear off, getting ready to take on... You figure Yokozuna would already have uh, dropped his uh, garb here so we can get right to the match, but no, just taking their time. No big deal. No rush. You're going to kill an the, hour and a half. I mean, this is a main event right here. This is a WrestleMania match, technically speaking, uh, name value-wise, anyway. Wear face paint right there. Kids a little behind the times there. I can't believe they they uh, left that in the in the show. Obviously, it was recorded. They could have edited that out easily, but nah, we didn't edit things back then. That's why we get the Virgil promos. <laughs> what the hell's up with Macho Man's boots? Well, I haven't <laughs> haven't looked yet. Oh my god! Talk about uncoordinated. <laughs> he just threw shit together. Well, for good reason, uh huh? Look at those! Look at those! I like it. I'll do oh, it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it, man. All right. Well, <laughs> it just does not go with the gear. Well, he's wrestling all. a guy a guy in a thong, so 500-pound guy yeah. in a thong. So, I mean, I'm not really paying attention to attire so much when I'm watching matches, so I would have probably never even noticed that. I'm just There's nothing else to look at here. Why they take 20 minutes to get their gear off and ready yeah, to final, go. Well, yeah, it could have been worse. could have been The Undertaker. <laughs> Yeah. Look at Yoko's face. I love it. <laughs> just kind of like, like, oh, okay, whatever. Dude. Uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just headed to WrestleMania to main event, win a belt wow. for five seconds. Man, this crowd is way behind the times. Did you see that sign? No. Mega Maniacs. Oh, never mind. I said Mega Maniacs. I'm thinking of the Ultimate Maniacs. Okay. Wrong team, brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yokozuna coming at Savage. Savage doing a little... uh. Quick dodging there. Going to use a little speed. Some Olay stuff, yeah. yeah. He's Olay in him here. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. They could have done that with Tito, right? Yeah. Well, so why do you Olay him twice and then go in for a collar and elbow? Like, well, you got you to eventually lock up with the guy. All right, I get it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Different <laughs> approach. Different approach coming up right here. Uh-huh. Make some noise for the macho man. Make sure Vince knows I'm still over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yoko at this point, I mean, he did take the bump in the Royal Rumble match that allowed Savage to get thrown over the top rope to the floor, but other than yeah. Duggan 
knocking Yokozuna off his feet before he plowed Duggan over and, and took him out of the commission for quite a while. Uh, Savage is going to try to become the second man to take Yoko off his feet here in this match. I don't even know if he succeeds. We're going to have to watch and see. Yoko on the offense immediately, though. As well, he should be. He's the monster heel. You need to build him up for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And right out to the floor, immediately, Savage takes the bump outside. And Yokozuna going to follow him out, shockingly. Boy, I would have marked out if he had done something right off that apron there. (laughs) Me too. Eh, And not hurt himself. Or Savage. (laughs) Yeah. Savage goes into the post there. So, uh... How do you think Macho would have been if he stuck around in the WWF for uh for like that attitude era? Let's say he didn't leave ever. He just stayed in WWF forever. And uh I don't know that you think, he would, you think he would have fit in? I don't believe so. I don't believe he was ever going to get another opportunity to get a run like he did in WCW where they, you know, well, let's just to... say he did. Let's just say something happened and they had to turn to Macho and Macho convinced Vince to I'm not done. Just let me go and let, let me Well, I mean, he's me a, he's a, he's, a, he's a nut job. He he would have fit right in just fine in the attitude era because he would have just kind of <laughs> channeled his uh, 1970s and 80s Macho man again. And uh, the paranoia mixed with the huh, some uh, maybe some hallucinogens or something like that. Maybe uh, we'll get it done. Do the thing. I could see him coming back and, and having a run with DX. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been something else. I, I, do you think the the insane macho from like 90, uh, we're in 96 now, but 97 when he joined the NWO with Liz, like that could have worked in WWF just as easy. Could have, could have. Yokozuna, though, uh, he's working right here in 93, and this is clearly like his best period in the company before he puts on just way too much weight. We've seen on the Monday Warfare show in 96, Yoko just put on so much weight at that point, he really couldn't do anything. And it, it started way before that. Obviously, they took him off TV. He didn't lose yeah. weight. He gained weight. They stuck him with Owen uh, to hide him in a tag team, just let him come in and kind of do the Andre spots or the Haystacks Calhoun spots where when they were getting up in age and they couldn't really carry a singles match anymore. That was the way you hit him. You put him in there with a competent uh, wrestler that could still get in there and wrestle, and then the big guy would come in and do the spots. And, um, unfo- you know, it's unfortunate. So this is like the best of Yokozuna we're going to get is from here through maybe maybe the maybe Undertaker match. Yeah, may- may- well, I don't even know if I was a big fan of that those matches at Mania 10, to be honest. I mean, he was, still, he was still good, though. Like, he wasn't... He wasn't like WrestleMania 11 bad. No, definitely not. But like, what what Undertaker match are you talking about? Like uh, the casket Rumble match. Or... Like Rumble, probably. Cas- Rumble, probably. Well, they did have the Survivor Series casket match, too. Yeah, but I probably haven't watched that in 25 years, so I can't really... Can't really... Uh, Jeff Jarrett <laughs> taking the probably. Chuck Norris. Yeah, the back, the, on his head. Yeah. Standing on his head. But Uh-oh, Yokozuna misses the uh, flying booty smash in the Look corner. The crowd, Savage. Man. Going to the top, double axe handle. Is he going to go down? Oh, he drops to the... I know. That's all it takes. It's He's insanely over still. Hits the uh, one double axe handle. He's going up for a second one. Fuji pokes Savage misses. with the uh, the Japanese flagpole. He completely misses. Yes. Savage was jumping in. He was, I'm going to jump if you don't do it. I'm going to go. And uh, Fuji kind of misses, but Savage sells it. Yokozuna takes advantage. Belly to belly. Might be it. One, two, and three. 
And that's just oh, it. I didn't even get, he didn't even do the bonsai. No, it's uh, Yokozuna over the macho man who probably uh, refused to take the bonsai here on TV. Uh, didn't want to get completely so. squashed out. Well, yeah, you don't want to get completely okay. squashed out here. Uh, you, 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 well, that's how you save the big names. That's how they save the big names. They, you wouldn't beat them with your finisher. You'd just beat them with another quick right, move. Right. So you get the belly-to-belly -belly here. Yokozuna over Macho Man, six minutes and 37 seconds. And Demeltz uh, was reporting the house show results, and they were saying three- to five-minute matches. So this went a little longer than the ones uh, that they've been announcing as far as house show results go, although the finish was pretty much spot-on to the house show finishes. So had you attended any of those house shows and then saw this, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute, I saw that before. <laughs> Of course, yeah. you know, I, I went and saw the, the one of the practice ladder matches before WrestleMania 10. So once I saw WrestleMania 10, I'm like, you know, I saw a lot of these these things. They, they, they've happened in their last match. It's kind of a coincidence. Did they change much? Oh, no. I mean, it was pretty much identical. The finish was identical. Uh, there was actually I would I would rate the one I saw live better then the WrestleMania one only because they were trying more spots out. So they were picking and choosing which ones they wanted to use for the pay-per-view. <laughs> and boom, he misses oh, he the misses. bonsai trap. Yeah, Savage got out of there at the last split second because I thought oh, for sure God. he was hitting that. And Savage got out of there, though. He went, I'm not taking that. I told you. I told you the first time. Uh-oh. Uh From behind, Savage, the flying knee. Yoko bumped to the floor, so Savage got to get a little bit of his... His heat back here, saving face is the macho man. Yoko takes the bump to the floor, but he got the win, so that's all that really matters. Heading into WrestleMania against Bret Hart, Yokozuna has beat the macho man, so big deal there. Yeah, absolutely. That woman's face when Yoko is going up top, like she's trained to know the severity of what is what is about to happen. There's your boy JJ. Yeah, JJ Dillon out there to uh, Rene Goulet out there also. I think I've seen the, Tony Gurria as well. The heel, well, fuck him. Sending the heels back. <laughs> <laughs> he was up all next. the way in the back, nowhere near it. So he didn't have to lift, lift his arm up, you know? That's right. Up next, it's uh, Mr. Perfect taking on Skinner, it looks like. But I think first they're going to throw to Skinner, a uh, huh? narcissist package. So we'll take a listen real quick, see if there's any uh, voiceover work with that. <laughs> Not a humanoid in this building. I don't wish they were in your shoes. Oh, look at those arms. Look at the veins. You are something. Oh, oh you do love yourself, don't you? And you have every right to. Are you ever put together? Fans, eat your heart out. That is the man, the narcissist, Lex Luger. Ever since he debuted in the World Wrestling Federation at the Royal Rumble, the narcissist Lex Luger has been pulverizing opponents right and right again. And here's the man that contends he's beyond perfection. Bobby Heenan, the four. Wow. What do you mean, wow? Oh, wow. Is he something or what? That Skinner, Steve. On his way out to the <laughs> ring. This may be, you know what? Not maybe, unless there's something taped in the bag for uh, April. This is the end of Skinner in the WWF. Oh, uh, but it's not the end of it's not the end of Steve Kern, I should say. Definitely not. You notice, like he's completely done 
with the chew and all that mess. <laughs> he's like, "F this." Hello. Yeah, yeah. He's still, uh, he's still, um, pretty dirty looking, but he's much more kempt now. Like his hair is kind of combed, yeah. his beard's a little more trimmed. Like he's just, just rolling with the gimmick. He's still wearing the gimmick, but uh, the attire. But uh, he's like a different guy here. And took in the a last, shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skinner took a shower. Yeah. Perfect. Throws the rag and oh, right in Skinner's face. And Fonzie's. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Double shot through the rag and hit Fonzie and Skinner. So this is this <laughs> is your typical perfect. your typical USA special match. Uh, uh, maybe a little a guy underneath the other guy, so you can put the the bigger name over. But it was still cool because you just didn't get these all the time back then. So maybe not Mister Perfect yeah. versus Skinner, but but a lot of the times a lot of these matches were just uh, really cool to see and. Whoa, nice bump by Hennig to the floor as Skinner's going to take over here on offense, looks like, for a little bit anyway. But I wanted to point out, and I totally totally forgot, because th there's no commercials, and I didn't have time to really uh, continue on about the Yoko Macho Man match, but based on those two names, Yoko and, and Randy Savage, very shocking that we got an actual pinfall finish on TV here uh, between those two. Oh, yeah. so, and with, but with Savage gonna, getting stuck behind the booth, I guess you know it it, it made sense, but... Still shocking to me because I watched Savage wrestle at the Royal Rumble and I watched Savage wrestle Yokozuna here, so I had no idea that he wasn't going to be wrestling. It didn't make any sense to me. So I'm sitting here wondering, why is he announcing at WrestleMania rather than wrestling at WrestleMania? But you know, obviously, Vince had other plans. Is Mr. Perfect taking over on Skinner here outside of the ring? Yeah, any of that, you know, that match with Repo on Raw. So right. They put him in a, a quick storyline there, like a, a couple week storyline, obviously, but they did something with him. So like they, they they've shown nothing that they're just done with him in the ring They're uh, So it's kind of weird. Like you said, to see him come out in the sedan and commentate, like it made sense because he's been commentating raw as uh, Skinner's is, going in on the belt here. He's yeah. What does Bill Alfonso off. think this is ECW? I mean, is he time traveling here? I mean, Skinner clearly clotheslines Hennig with his belt and then, and then whips <laughs> oh, look at that. It. Yeah, whips him with it all around the ring, and Fonzie just kind of stand there like, hey, don't do that, Daddy. I call right down the middle. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the then that means Hennig gets a shot in as well here if, if he can go find that belt. Good luck on that, because Skinner taking over in the ring. Maybe we'll even see a wrestling hold or two. Yeah. For those who only know Steve Kern as Skinner, you guys really missed out. I mean, he was a hell of a worker in Florida back in the 70s and into the 80s. He kind of got to do more of a gimmick with the Fabulous Ones with Stan Lane. Obviously, they made a gazillion dollars in Memphis, Memphis money anyway. I mean, it was enough to uh, keep them there for quite a while, but eventually they wanted to go big time. They went to Vern Gagne thinking, hey, man, you know, the big time or whatever, but that ship had sailed by that point, so it didn't really work out there. And... Eventually, they kind of split off, and uh, we know what happened with Stan Lane. He ended up on the Midnight Express, pretty successful after Dennis Condry left. Meanwhile, Steve Kern kind of got stuck down there in Florida doing those uh, secondary uh, Florida territories after Crockett bought out the first one, and now he he's- Skinner again. Yeah, right? then he got Skinner in 1991. So at least he was getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? This is it for him, right? Or does he do other stuff afterwards? Well, in 1994, know, know. he comes into WCW and forms a really? team with beautiful Bobby Eaton called Bad Attitude. Okay. 
Oh, and yeah, I remember that. they kind of do the Fantastics gimmick, or the Fabulous Ones gimmick, really, but, I mean, they're, like, old guys who don't look, you know, you know appealing. But right. uh, he did dye his hair blonde, and he shaved, and he, he looked a lot better than he does here at Skinner. But they were, like, bad attitude. They were kind of an underneath tag team. But I remember watching or listening to an episode of Radio WWF, which is always hosted by Johnny Polo and Stan Lane. And a caller calls in a kid, goes, Stan Lane, and I didn't even think of this. This kid's smarter than me at this point. He goes, Stan Lane, your two former partners, Steve Kern and Bobby Eaton, are teaming up in WCW. And Stan says, yeah, what can you say? Not much. <laughs> so he wasn't shitting on his, <laughs> his friends, but he knew what they were doing there. They were doing jobs and shit. So it was kind of funny. I, I still remember that line from Stan, like, all these years later. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. You know, like, what's these? It's kind of weird, but, and it's just, it's something that you don't even really have anymore. Rolling this? But it's really yeah. nice. Right. I love that move. It's always nice, like, these guys that, you know, for example, Steve Kern here, who had a long run in a, Memphis is, is Memphis. He, was made, he made decent money, but it's always nice when you see those guys that, kind of were just stuck in the territories for so long now i reckon like huge money get get something thrown their way i know i doubt he was making a ton of money as skinner but it's a job and so it's kind of nice that they at some point you know you you, you just appreciate or are thankful that they got something towards the end because like there's no way a guy looking like skinner is getting a, a gig in wwe right now there's no way well there's oh he's uh looking for that gator claw looks like here I think better watch out. Boom. Popped him right in the eye with the gator claw. Oh, nice. Nice. So they're giving, they're giving Kern some spots anyway in the match. Yeah, he's dominated this match, really. Yeah. Hennig come back, did his uh, five moves of doom here. Skinner back on top. But I feel like this is the finish. I've seen it a thousand times. The backdrop oh, into the perfect plex. And that'll do it. One, two. Look at Skinner's leg. <laughs> kicking it. What a sell job by Steve Kern there, kicking his free leg in the air. Hennig picks up the win. Five minutes and 27 seconds. Mr. Perfect ready for the narcissist, which we didn't even talk about that feud whatsoever, but probably for the for the best. Mr. Perfect okay. heading into WrestleMania with the narcissist, which it was Razor Ramon. We talked about that in the February episode of The Grenade. We actually have WrestleMania 9 coming up soon, so we have plenty of time to talk about it. Oh, here we sure. go. Oh, boy. He filled more arenas than Ali, Foreman, and Sugar Ray combined. And he's been crowned WWF champion four times. This April 4th, live on pay-per-view, the immortal Hulk Hogan returns. WrestleMania, live Sunday, April 4th, on pay-per-view. So even the promos steal Bret Hart's thunder because it's all about Hulk Hogan returning at WrestleMania and a double main event now. At WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan uh, back in the company, unfortunately, is a slickster out here. He's going to bring out Kamala. Kamala's finally going to exact his revenge on Kim Chi right here on TV. Of course, they've been doing this on the house show loops all year so far, and I think they continue for another month or so after this. But uh, for all intents and purposes, as far as we know, this is it. This is the big feud. This is the blow off to the feud between Kamala and Kim Chi, his former handler. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, not much to it. For those who don't know, Kim Chi is just uh, the Brooklyn Brawler under a hood. Hate to spoil the uh, <laughs> or break kayfabe and spoil that for everyone. Was it? 
Was it always him under the hood? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, ever, like even in like 87 or whatever, that kimchi? That was typically Danny Davis or Steve Lombardi. Okay. Um, I always wondered that. I knew this. When they first created the handler Lombardi. of Friday, which was the kimchi name before uh, he was kimchi, was Friday. Uh, it was actually a territory guy, an underneath guy who actually went around from territory to territory as kimchi, but all he did was dress as kimchi and get paid. So when Kamala, I think it was when Kamala went to Watts, it could have been somewhere else, but I think it was Watts. Watts goes, the fuck am I paying you for? I can stick anybody in this fucking shit gear. So he sent this guy packing at the the time. And, uh, you know, eventually we would just have whoever under the uh, hood is Friday as Kamala went, you know, around from territory to territory. He was even Friday in the WWF during Kamala's first run in 84. When he came back, it was Bobby Heenan's idea to name him Kimchi. Named after a, I believe it's a, a Korean meal. Uh, so it was just like a, co- it's a comedy name, really. It's an inside joke. <laughs> and it's stuck. Yeah. So he's been kimchi. He was kimchi in the uh, Kamala run, 86, 87. And he's kimchi here, 92, uh, 93. Fair enough. Learn something new again. And kimchi on, on his way. No, Kamala on his way out. But where the hell's Kamala? He's just fucking lost in the back. Slick knows better than to come out without Kamala. I mean, the guy can't even figure out how to pin somebody. He's had like 400 matches. Speaking of people that had 400 matches, that vignette we just saw with Hulk Hogan, he sold out more arenas than Ali and Sugar Ray and all this shit combined. That's because he wrestled 300 times a year. Ali didn't fight 300 (laughs) times a year. I mean, for fuck's sakes. Get serious. At at that rate, Skinner sold out more arenas than Ali and Sugar Ray combined. So... It, I will say, as much how, however ridiculous it is, it was a new a new tactic to sell, like how big of a star they had. They never done oh, yeah. that before. No, no. It's I mean, WWF, it was something different. Like, it was something no new other, for the time. There's nothing else in the world that happens other than what happens in WWF. So for them to mention like Ali Foreman and Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, those guys. It, it wasn't that was very unusual and, and different. So um, no matter how ridiculous it is, it is something well, that was different for the it's time. It's about as ridiculous as this right here. You know, bowling with Kamala slick had to run to the back to go find him. And then he brings Kamala out after the commercial break. Uh, so we assume at home that it took him two minutes to go find him. And out comes kimchi, the Brooklyn brawler here in this uh, <laughs> gimmick, this attire. Uh, this might be the last time we actually see kimchi on TV. So there's always that. I thank God for that. Is this it for Kamala too? Um, Cause I don't No, he does. Very... I know he does a job in the qualifying round of the King of the Ring tournament. So Kamala's at least on TV into May. But these yeah. shitty punches. Well, Slick's gone by May as well. So Kamala's probably there. I think actually Kamala sticks around through the summer, but I, I know at some point he disappears from TV. So I'm not you really sure weird, what, like, what was going on there. Like her. Our first episode of The Grenade to start up 93, we talk about how small and bad their roster is. Slapping Kamala, yeah. And then by May, like all these people are gone. So it's even worse. (laughs) Kamala patting that belly. Here we go. Ooh, chopping kimchi. Nice kick. If you have a belly, who doesn't pat their belly like that? (laughs) That's that's (laughs) phenomenal. That's a war cry. It's like a a war drum. I do it. I do it sometimes, just out of nowhere. I'll just pat my belly around dinner time. 
You gotta, you gotta dinner time. You gotta, you gotta like dance in place with your feet too. Sometimes and touch your toes. You gotta jump up and touch your toes. Kamala would do, do that, that. Do that every once in a while. You know, for a guy who had like two moves, he was a pretty agile big guy. Yeah. And here comes the splash. This thing's over already. Boom! The splash to the back, just like that. Kim Chi is out. So it makes so you wonder why question, was why did he have Kamala uh, under his uh, spell all those years when it takes Kamala two minutes to to put him away here? Right, right. Uh, Michael, is Kamala that bad of a wrestler? Or is it, is this just the gimmick? This is just what he did. Mm, I don't know that he was ever a good worker. No, because like uh, his splashes like were really bad. Like he, right, like right. he always missed. Did he do yeah. that on purpose? Just because that's his no, gimmick? No, that or? was just what he did. That was just what he did. And I he's still see, trying like, to figure I, him I, out. This is I've going seen on. some of the pictures of him, like with his nose ring and right. The early he, stuff. he looks intimidating as hell. Like he would look One, scary. Two hooks the leg there at the end. Kamala beats Kim Chi in two minutes, ten seconds, and about half a minute of that was just him trying to figure out how to pin him. So uh, it took about ninety seconds for Kamala to dispose of Kim Chi here, which probably for the best, Steve. Yeah, it's good enough for me. Now, Too I think bad some, this match coming up down the road is not a similar time. No, and uh, Kamala <laughs> here, he finishes his feud with Kim Chi on TV, and he's actually headed to WrestleMania. He was scheduled to square off against Bam Bam Bigelow. Of course, that match doesn't happen due to time restraints, so uh, the match doesn't even take place at the pay-per-view. Boom! Nails Kim Chi with his helmet. Oh, he's going to town on him. Get the hell out of my... Oh, he throws it almost hit oh. slick in the face. <laughs> with with uh, Kim Chi's slick helmet, was, slick was uh, alert in there, dude. He's the doctor of style. He's the doctor, man. He's 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 slick. I love he's gonna slick. he's gonna he's gonna prove it here in a minute. I don't know how many more times we see Slick on TV, but I'm glad we get get what's about to happen right here before before he leaves us. Basically, well, here we go. There we little doctor of style. He's gonna show Kamal how to strut, baby, with the uh, Kim Chi hat. Like, he's, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slick puts the. Uh, the kimchi had on, so Kamala wants to chop him. <laughs> Slick runs halfway across the ring. He wants Kamala to put the hat on. Up, oh, the hat on Kamala. Is Kamala going to strut? Can Kamala strut, Steve? What's going okay. about to <laughs> find out. Oh, look He's at like, that. Oh, look at that. I love it. I love it. It's, it's oh, awesome. It's so good. Probably the best thing <laughs> babyface Kamala ever did. Right there. Then he just tosses it off <laughs> yeah. like I'm done with that crap. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's in a trance. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's that time. The WrestleMania 93 music video. We'll take a listen to a little bit of it here. You know, the problem with that right there is they can only use that in 93. So I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> it's 93. It's time yeah, for just WrestleMania. It out. Yeah, we'll just edit that part out going forward. Unfortunately, it's the cease. beginning of the, of the fucking song. Take a look what you got now. That Hacksaw j- And all, all these promos are like spliced up so that they don't even make fucking sense. Like they just take bits and pieces of the promos and then they don't even make any coherent sense here. So they should have had Virgil along, I guess. <laughs> Boss man made a vow. Thank you one thing only, and that's to be a law enforcement officer. Treat other people like you want to be treated. Try to walk a straight and narrow, because that's the only way you're going to survive in this life. Who will survive? Even me and Gene getting in on it. Who will survive? Wouldn't that be the Survivor Series? Uh, I never really understood all that. 
Oh, the nasty boys even. What are we doing? (laughs) It's WrestleMania. Papa Shango all over this video, just like that. Oh, ooh, down goes Jimmy. Jimmy Powers made the video. (laughs) The nasty's talking. I'm sure you want to hear this. No, I don't. Zoom on, zoom in on Sag's missing teeth, man. Yeah. (laughs) What's that? What's that stuff you have where? You can get seizures from epilepsy, Walt, like fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to cause an epilepsy. The big boss man seizure. is law or injustice. Who will survive? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way he's walking. He's so uncomfortable. It looks like he's like uh, behind like a uh, one of those garages at like a warehouse, like a warehouse garage, or like a mall drop down. Like when you close the store. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. With that. I don't know. He's not even on TV no... anymore. He's gone. Like so I don't even. Whatever. Why are they let's, show... let's, let's see if they're gonna wrap they here. I think they're gonna the wrap. Match? Yeah, they're wrapping. Let's let's pick it up for a minute. the top, we won't be stopped. When no one improved and got the grand groove, pump it up, pump it up, and raise the roof. Swing, 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 right. like the mighty. I'm done because Damian Demento just made this video. I don't even know what the hell's going on at this point. <laughs> I'm I'm fucking over this now. Repo Man, Damien Demento. At least Repo Man deserves to be in this. Man, Demento again. They're really running out of shit. I feel like they're just taking like pick uh, videos from like four matches or something. Uh, we got Macho <laughs> and Razor now. Did you see like uh, the clip there from Undertaker and Bam Bam? Yeah. Probably Is from this match coming up. Nine match. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. And they show Undertaker posing like like he just won. And this is what you you put in your video, like, huh? Wow, this yeah. is uh, it's, uh, something it was, else. It was different. I mean, we didn't get wrestling videos on TV back then. I mean, in the eighties, no, you got them all the not. time before you like you know had to start paying for rights and royalties and shit. You know, before like you know actual singers caught on to this this nonsense and shit. And uh, when you didn't have Bob Dick Ebersol in in the pocket, you know, to to play whatever they wanted on on NBC. Pop Seer getting salty with woman. Yeah, well, I mean, that went on down the line, all kinds of guys. I should, you know, for those who not who aren't watching along with us, I should point out that Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan are the announced team for this uh, this particular show. So that's always cool. Bobby didn't really do shows with Vince all that often unless Gorilla was sick or other things were going on. He kind of filled in. One would fill in for someone else, and we'd end up getting Bobby and Vince every once in a blue moon. But we did get him quite a bit on some of the USA specials, including this one. So it worked out. A nice little dynamic. Uh, I enjoy it anyway. Well, the, then we get him back-to-back pay-per-views at the, to N92. And then we also got uh, 93, the, like SummerSlam and Survivor Series, too. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So, Cause, Well, no, Jim Ross comes in, but he doesn't do Survivor Series or SummerSlam. He's up there with Gorilla. It's too Southern, pal. Was that what the issue was? I don't know what it was. Clearly, he wasn't whatever Vince wanted. Thought? Yeah. Yeah. He does Mania and then... (laughs) King of the Ring. Radio WWF. I think he does King of the Ring. Yeah, he does with Macho and Heenan. And right now, we're reliving episodes of Monday Night Raw. We just saw IRS and the Million Dollar Man uh, knock the face off of Brutus Beefcake with the Beefcase. And now, oh, there it is. It's the return of Hulk Hogan. And I got to tell you, there's a Mega Maniac promo coming up on this 
March to WrestleMania, you guys will not believe. I um, It's just so damn long, I don't really want to just leave the audio playing for the whole thing, because I'd love to comment on bits and pieces of it. But since we're playing it live, I can't really pause it and, and make fun of it, so you guys will just have to listen to at least some of the some of the uh, audio and what we'll talk about it on here. It's absolutely insane. Everything from Hulk Hogan wrecking his bike and having his ear in the sand and hearing things and to them fighting hammerhead sharks or something. I, I don't remember. It's, it's fucking insane. It's, it's ludicrous. I think beefcake says something about dropping. Uh, they were, they were, they were taking, they were practicing, checking out his face mask to make sure it was ready for WrestleMania by dropping nuclear bombs on it. How many so, lines yeah. before they do before? I don't even know. I, I don't even like, <laughs> Three eight balls. I have no idea where they were. <laughs> it's just so cartoony and terrible. Uh, but before we get to that promo, uh, we obviously we know the Mega Maniacs, that's Brutus and Hogan, are going to challenge Money Incorporated for the tag team titles at the pay-per-view at WrestleMania. So we're going to get a squash match here from the Million Dollar Man and IRS taking on Reno Riggins and Gary Sabin. Also sometimes called Gary Sabah. I don't know if you recognize him there. Do you uh, recognize? It says Jerry Sabin on the screen. I, on the Chiron, I get that. It's Gary. They they screwed up. But um, any ideas of who that is, Steve, before I give away the... Uh... I'll give you one hint. Yeah, he's got the word He's got the word Italy on his Italy trunks. Italy on his ass, yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name. The Italian Stallion. Yeah. Job guy extraordinaire wow. for many, many, many years in Crockett. And he would work yep. as Gary Sabin and Gary Sabah, which I believe is his real name, here in uh, squash matches in the WWF in the early 90s. So uh, he made the rounds a long, long, long time uh, enhancement talent wow, for just, sure. Yeah. Did they take all the Crockett <laughs> jobbers? Well, they weren't going the anywhere else. Coming up. Yeah. Well, I mean. Right, they're looking at what's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I see that too now. <laughs> so uh, George South making an appearance Where, after this at? one. Well, you know what? That's good. You, it's, I'm glad you said that. They're in Fayetteville, North Carolina, so that would explain uh, oh, why we have the Italian Stallion who uh, trained the Hardys, <laughs> and, and if you listen to the Hardys, he screwed them pretty good, you know? Uh, they're not big fans of him. And then uh, I think I think it was uh, the Italian Stallion that actually was uh, in charge of finding job guys for Vince for quite a while there, because I believe that was Strongbow's job, and Strongbow didn't want to do shit because he was lazy. They would because people always talk about he would just be asleep in the dressing room and you'd wake him up if you needed him. And um, so Strongbow would go find one job guy to go get a bunch of other job guys. Yeah, just bring him to the show. So uh, that's how the Hardys started working the shows. And, and I think Jeff was still underage at the time. The Italian Stallion got them, you know, booked. And that's how they started getting booked doing jobs in the WWF back in the 90s. Reno Riggins with his Smoky Mountain gear on. Yeah, he's high roller. rocking the... I thought you liked the tassels. I don't know what's going on with these tassels, though. <laughs> no, Holy shit. <laughs> Riggins almost landed <laughs> on his feet on that backdrop there. Riggins, easily no, one of my like... favorite enhancement guys of all time. I mean, he didn't never had the body to get that big push in the big leagues, but he was always a, a hell of a worker, hell of a talent, and perfect for a territory like a Smoky Mountain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know he... I've watched some Smoky Mountain. Like I, I never finished it all. I got, I'm pretty sure I got through like 92, 93, majority of 94. But uh, he was always a part of like that run to the TV title or the TV championship gimmick that Jim Cornette ran, where you got to right. win like three weeks in a row or whatever. Be the, be the champ. He's yeah. always involved. In, 
Yeah, beat the champ. He he was always uh a lot of the times he was in that and stuff, so um but yeah, he's not bad. He's de- he's definitely capable of what he's doing and he'll he'll make you look good. So DiBiase with a suplex tags in Irwin, who also delivers a suplex. Uh Microtunda always the creative uh and, and innovative uh, wrestler in the ring. And right back to DiBiase. It looks like this might be over. It looks like he's going for the yep, there it is, the million dollar dream applied on Reno Riggins. No doubt this match is over. Two minutes and fifty-five seconds is what my notes have. And Money Incorporated, easy squash going into the pay-per-view with Hogan and Beefcake. And that'll be up next, actually, Steve. Looks like the Mega Maniacs promo will be next on the show, so oh, I can't man. wait for that. It's it's coming. There it is. Yes, brother. These belts look weird. I, Those belts I didn't look even, weird. It looks like they I took the red look. off of them. I don't know. I notice stupid shit like that because... A lot of the times, I've seen this stuff so many times, so I just look for other stuff to be entertained and uh, while I'm listening. And <laughs> well, I don't know if this will entertain you, what's coming up next, but it's certainly it uh, interesting. That's that's for sure. Is it just me, or did this stuff just feel completely out of place in 93? Like, uh, yeah, well, this is Hogan booking. None of this shit well, was, going on. Well, the Hogan stuff in WCW fell out of place in 94, 95, and until he left in 96 before he came back for the NWO. And yes, this stuff in 93, yeah, it was like, here's 1988 Hulk Hogan in a 1993 world. The business and just the world had changed so much by this point that this, I mean, we, we all know that he's not, he's not 100% cheered here anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he never is moving forward, which is why he eventually just breaks down and agrees to go heel in 96, which works out uh, quite a bit for him uh, monetarily anyway. Yeah. And then he got the huge, huge baby run uh, when he came back. And what was that? 2002. So. I don't I don't know. Like, it's weird because. And if you, I don't know when you're picking up audio, but so I don't, I won't get too far into it. I can wait till after it's over. But um, yeah, look at that face. I will, <laughs> I will say, he, I will say, he does look trimmed down for Hogan standards. He doesn't well, you look know, like completely 1988 juiced. Hundred percent prime beef, brother. Let's let's see what he has to say. Let's see what he's saying to kick things off here with Gene. I'm aware of how destiny is going to take its course, brother. Because just a few short weeks ago, bro, when I was laying in the weeds at Venice Beach, California, and I had Monday Night Raw tuned in for the greatest comeback of all times, I saw what could have been the worst nightmare in my life take place. I saw Money Incorporated run across the ring with a metal attache case with the speed of a lightning bolt. And as it crashed into Brutus the Bionic Barber Beefcake Blood Brothers face, I saw what I didn't want to see. I heard what I didn't want to hear. And as I turned my face and I turned back, the emotions ran from head to toe. I chilled, I goosebumped, and I broke a sweat as I stood up, man, and I rushed from head to toe. And when I turned on the automatic pilot in my mind because I couldn't believe what was happening, I ran to the garage. And when I was out of my mind, I accidentally jumped on Brutus's wide glide. And as I kick-started the brother's bike, bruh, and as I ran down towards Venice Beach, I clicked it into fifth gear. And as I took a hairpin turn, I spun off the seat. And as I slid across the white sands, headed towards the Pacific Ocean, I buried my ear in the sands of Venice Beach. 
And then I heard it, brother. I heard what I didn't want to hear. What are we doing? I heard millions upon millions <laughs> of Hulkamaniacs praying for Brutus the Barber. I heard the maniacs praying that the steel temple. He heard prayers in the sands. We're still in place. And then on automatic pilot, I kickstarted the Brothers Wide Glide one more time. And for seven nights and seven days, I rode towards the bright lights of New York City. And as I got there, I was sniffing. For I don't even. Yeah, he was sniffing all right. Yeah, that he was, was an easy sniffing, one. Buddy. Yeah. Lo and behold, as I kicked down the Ramada Inn's door on 48th and 8th Avenue, just a little bit north of the Mid-City Gym, I found the brother, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, with his feet propped up on an ottoman, laid back in a lazy boy chair, watching Mo Larry and Curly with an ice pack on his nose. Thank God for the How? big man of... How the hell are you watching something with an ice pack on your nose? Hey, and all he had was a broken <laughs> nose. Thank God, Brutus. Well, you know something, me, Gene? The sound from that suitcase bouncing off my mug on Monday Night Raw still reverberates through my head. Life takes some real strange U-turns, brother. It was only a few short days ago while we were down at Cape Canaveral, Florida, putting the new mask to the Hulkamania stress test, brother. The Hulkster climbed up on gantry number seven and was dropping those big Atlas V rockets straight down on my face. And lo and behold, brother, there was not a scratch on it, brother. And I knew two things at that point as I looked up at the Hulkster with a big smile on his face and a major pump on those pythons, brother. I knew that it was straight to bankruptcy court for Money Incorporated. And I also knew that if the Hulkster dropped down and did one more push-up, those pythons were going to blow us straight to the moon. And I know one more thing that Jim oh Hart's got a real special... What do you think Jimmy or Brutus is, is uh, not Brutus, Mean Gene? What do you think Mean Gene is? Is he, is, is even he like, this He's is a bit much. Shit. Oh, I eat it up. I he love you, Hulk. Call the hotline. Call the hotline. <laughs> Jimmy Hart, I, I'm, I'm actually muting Jimmy here because he actually, you know, does just the normal, typical Jimmy Hart promo here. So he's coherent compared to these guys anyway, because the good stuff's still coming here from the Hulkster. I know, I know he's got another uh, round of uh, ammo coming with the hammerhead sharks and, and all that good stuff here. That's right, baby. Uh, I don't know what part was the most ludicrous. Maybe uh, Hulk Hogan saying IRS is moving at the speed of lightning. I've never heard Mike Rotunda being referred to <laughs> as that in the past. Jesus. How do you come up with this shit? <laughs> I don't know where this, like, well, clearly they were on some good stuff, brother. <laughs> Oh All right, I think I think it's almost time for Hogan to target. We'll we'll pick it back up. We'll see what Hogan has to I'm say. I'm glad Jimmy's putting the match over. Yeah, yeah you know? I'm sure that's what he's like. Here we go. <laughs> brother from Bangkok to Tokyo, from the New York Stock Exchange all the way to London, brother. We're going through the roof. But I got another tip for Money Incorporated. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He's real, real mad, brother. You know, it goes like this. I spent two days running up and down the aisles of Kmart, picking up that tonic, getting all that hair color together, what? and getting ready to do a number <laughs> on Money Incorporated. Kmart? And then it came to me. It just aren't even worth it, brother. They're not worth the effort. 
So I took to the desert outside Las Vegas, chopping down some big nasty looking cactuses, trying to dull up the titanium steel blades, chopped down a couple of small mountains, and then it came to me, brother. I knew that I'd just throw the scissors away because I'm just gonna yank the hair right out of their heads. The scissors are right there in his hand, though. He didn't throw them away. Put a Baldo Reynaldo on both of those dudes. But you know something? Since everything's gonna go so good in Las Vegas, man, I've got a surprise for both of you guys. Just last week, when you saw me hanging off Santa Monica Pier doing some fishing with my bare hands, brother, those two 10-foot hammerhead sharks that I drunk up out of the Pacific Ocean, they weren't for snack time, dudes. Those fish were for a reason. I've already taken the chlorine out of the pool at Caesar's Palace, and I filled it full of salt water, brother. I got a bunch of sea urchins in there and a few nasty mermaids, brother. And as I throw those hammerheads into the pool, Brutus, you need to help me pry their jaws open, brother, because as I put the world title belts across their dentures, those sharks are going to have lockjaw, brother. That way, when we throw all the bathing beauties, all the Hulkamaniacs in the pool, those sharks won't be able to touch a hair on their chinny-chin-chin. And it's me, Brutus the Barber, and Jimmy Hart, hang ten, all through the straddle of the night, brother, celebrating our victory at Caesar's Palace. The only thing left for the detail man to do will be this. Let's take the two cases of suntan oil I've got. And as the sun rises in the east, get all those female Hulkamaniacs, all those beautiful Hulkamaniacs, and make sure, Brutus, that they've got an even tan from head to toe. So Las Vegas, Nevada, and the whole wide world, what you gonna do when the Mega Maniacs run wild on you? Wow. I don't even know where you where you begin or end or... I, I don't know. Now he I wants the women to get tan head to toe. Like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Yeah, that was like the main point because it was the last thing he said. That 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 was that was the main my detail man here. You mean your your <laughs> weed carrier, huh? Brutus oh the God. Bionic Barber Beefcake Brother? Wow. And of course, we get a little Hogan posing to fit. I like that was a ten minute segment. Wow. I don't know what any of that accomplished. Like, Nothing. I thought maybe he was going somewhere with the Hammerhead Sharks or like they were going to, you know, have them eat Money Incorporated because he got two of them, remember? But no, he's going to get right, them lockjaw right. and throw them in with the sea urchins and the mermaids, the evil mermaids, and then throw a bunch of fans in. with I, I don't even know if he knew so where the fuck he was celebrate. going. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to celebrate with the sharks, with the sharks. urchins, and the, like, the evil mermaids. Brutus can't even freaking pose. What are you doing? Brutus is oh, just the, uh, the lackey of all lackeys here. He's just re- he was reacting to everything Hogan was saying. It was <laughs> it's like Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan Jr. Like, yeah, you just you're just my uh, quarterback, brother. It pays to look like Hogan, I guess. I do latched on to the biggest star in the world and rode the wave. Well, he wasn't the biggest was, star in the world. I mean, they were he was buddies before. You know, I mean, they brought. Well, no, him. I mean, I meant like I'm just saying, like he just. He used the right place, right time. Yeah, he made the him. right choice. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. But no, what I was going to say, while they're showing a recap here of Tatanka and Sean, uh, WWF, like, uh, clearly their business was down, so they didn't travel across the country like they were. You right. know, it was a lot of Northeast, so they just stayed up like Poughkeepsie, 
in the New York area, Pennsylvania, those places, those fans are pretty smartened up. Uh, we all know that, and they always have been. And so you done you spent all of 92 trying to retrain your audience to, like, this is the new normal. And then here comes Hulk Hogan just buttoning in, doing the same shit he's been doing for the last six years, five years. Um, they weren't buying it. They weren't buying what Hogan was selling. And when that's your primary market, it, you have no chance. So it definitely didn't work. And um, Hogan just sticks out like a sore thumb here. It, it just does not work. Right, let's um, pick up this Sean promo, and then we'll get back to Hogan. John Michaels makes a living out of playing people for a sucker. Tatanka, you're feeling real lucky right now, and that's exactly how I want you feeling coming into WrestleMania 9. That way, I can soak you for everything you've got. I not only am walking out with my Intercontinental title, but I'm walking out with your scalp. <laughs> oh, my God. I was hoping it was that promo. I knew that was coming at some point. Shawn Michaels holding up a scalp with a big red streak down it. He's going to scalp the Indian. Uh, that wouldn't go over too well today, but back then nobody uh, paid attention to it one way or the other. It really didn't mean anything. It was just a heel way to get some heel heat. Yeah. Tatanka taking on George South here, another uh, Crockett mainstay of enhancement talent. Uh, one of the best. You know, he still trains people. He still wrestles. He's still uh, running shows there in the Carolinas. This is George South. That's awesome. So. He's one of those unsung heroes of wrestling. I mean, on paper, he didn't do anything, but those are the guys you need, you know? Yeah, and he wrestled like everyone, <laughs> probably 20 yeah. times each, you know? So, yeah. We got Tatanka in here with George South. We just saw highlights for those aren't, who aren't watching along. It was uh, Tatanka has pinned Shawn Michaels, who is the Intercontinental Champion. He's pinned him twice now, once in a six man tag and once in a one on one match, of course, non title. So that gives Tatanka. The title shot at WrestleMania 9, of course, Tatanka replacing Marty Jannetty, who was fired after the Royal Rumble. This is supposed to be Sean and Marty going into Mania, but Marty's gone again, uh, at least till May. So it's Tatanka who lucks into a hell of a spot on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And delivers, I think. But we'll, well talk about than, that. Other than the finish. There. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the finish. But uh, that's not Let's his fault. Laying it in there. Waiting for that war dance. Yep. <laughs> Danny Davis in there, though. You may, maybe he'll turn heel here. Maybe he'll get a shot at WrestleMania or something. We'll see what happens. The old wrestling referee. Tatanka with an oh. awful leapfrog. Maybe that's why he never does it again. <laughs> he, <laughs> that he, was terrible. Yeah, he couldn't really get up, and then, then he couldn't really land either on that, that leapfrog. Tatanka tried. That's probably why we've never seen him do one before, and I don't know that we ever see it again, so probably a good call there by Tatanka. He's going chop crazy in this match. Maybe he made a deal backstage. Hey, guys, do you think I can make it through an entire match without doing anything but a chop? Well, he did a slam now, so never mind. <laughs> God, things used to be so simple, depending on who you were in the ring back in the yeah. day. I know we've had some conversations about the Tonka, and uh, just from watching these you know, these virtual signings, I, can, I see where you're coming from, but... Um, he always positions himself as, well, how come you never got a title run? He's like, well, when you're over, he's like, they use belts to get people over. <laughs> uh, so he's like, Undertaker never really had the belt that long. And he's like, I was kind of the same way. I was always over without a title, so I didn't necessarily need one. And I can't say I disagree with him in a sense. I mean, he wasn't like top draw, top of the card, over, over. But I don't recall him ever just being like, 
bad or people not caring. You know, I think I think people always cared about what he was doing to a degree. But yeah, uh, he was intercontinental level, but he's, you know, there were guys much more over than him. that got the intercontinental belt. Razor Ramon got it four times. And you can't tell me he was one that wasn't 20 times more over than Tatanka. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just you but know his, foolish his, on his, his part. But was... then again, you know, you listen to guys like Black Bart, who claims he was originally supposed to be the Undertaker, even though he was doing jobs with Black Bart going all the way into that, you know, that er- right. that period of the time in the company. So these guys just tell themselves stories and eventually they believe it. I mean, we all know what it winds up happening with Tatanka. They try to turn him heel to get something out of him there in you know the summer of 94. And it's like, that's the end of it. Like, that's the end of Tatanka as far as I'm concerned. And that's the end yeah. of George South. Boom. Papoose to go, if you will. Samoan drop. Picks up the win to Tonka. Gets the victory. Three minutes and 16 seconds. Another easy squash here at this Superstars taping. I will say, though, his uh, that feud and angle was, to me, it was pretty good. Like, I, I never really, I didn't see it coming because I was, like, six years old. So, right. I mean, it's, or seven. So, it's, it's one of those Uh-oh. things, like, okay, that's pretty cool. Look what we got coming to ringside here, smacking his gum. It is the Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels, coming out to ringside, going to confront Tatanka, looks like here. I don't know if he's going to get in the ring. But I don't think, to be honest, though, I I, I don't think Tatanka needed the belt ever. Uh, well, this wouldn't work for him, I don't think. Let's see what Shawn says here to Tatanka. I really think you've got a chance <laughs> at beating me at WrestleMania. I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I can guarantee you. No, no. Better yet, I can promise you that there is no way you are going to beat me for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. What an arrogant individual. And look at the look on the kisser of Tatanka. And look at that conceit, if you would. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels, the reigning Intercontinental Champion. Oh, he carries that title well. Uh-huh. Let me translate for Tatanka. Tatanka, Shawn Michaels says many moon come for hey, you. Hey, Shawn Michaels! Let's not wait till WrestleMania. Yeah, that's going to happen one week before the pay-per-view. Got the uh, crowd all excited for it, though. But uh, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, Sean Sean doesn't get in the ring and and (laughs) put his belt on the line here. Definitely not. But it's a good way to build hype and anticipation. What's weird is, I, I mean, obviously we didn't hear the commentary during this match, but this is near his hometown, ain't it? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. So this is kind of a homecoming for him. Yeah, he did work the uh, that NAWASAP South Atlantic Pro Wrestling territory. Uh, kind of broke in there for Paul Jones and all um, those guys back around whatever eighty nine or ninety something around something like that. I mean, he was jacked to the gills uh, when he got into the business. So was Tatanka. So or the War Eagle Chris Chavis, as he was known there. Um. 
those might remember the the initial vignettes for Tatanka when he was coming into the company. He was originally called Chris Chavis or Chavis, I think they might have pronounced it in those vignettes, but he became Tatanka in those vignettes. And so by the time he debuted in the ring, he was Tatanka. Yeah, I remember reading the observers in '92, and they were talking about how they brought in a lot of uh, Native oh, yeah. American wrestlers. Yeah, if you look at all the TV the right for months, one. for months, Vince was the, you know Vince gets those one. ideas and. Uh, we need an Indian, damn it, or a Native American. And yeah. for months, if you, you go back and you look at the results at all the TV tapings, like every single TV taping for months, they were trying out a different Indian wrestler until you know they wound, wound up with, with Tatanka here. And obviously a part of that was clearly the look because some of the other guys didn't have that look. Like one of them was, for instance, Charlie Norris, for anyone ever saw him come through WCW 93. <laughs> that was not going to happen in WWF. <laughs> he was pretty tall, though. He had the height, but he did not have that physique. No, definitely not. He, Nor did he, he have so that charisma. Not that Tatanka had great charisma, but he just played the part. And Charlie Norris, Norris was just like a tall dude, tan with, with uh, long hair. <laughs> That's really all he yeah. had, you know? Yeah. It's so weird, like, how much they gave Tatanka. The undefeated streak. Yeah. Um, he had the IRS confiscating his headdress for not paying a gift tax and you know, you had the, the Indians out there. I think what was it? Chief J and Wahoo. Did he get both of them? Yeah. Wahoo was both out there to give it to. In. Yeah. They brought, I'm sure Wahoo loved that. Yeah. So I mean, standing, they, they, standing next to chief J Strongbow, who's Italian, uh, <laughs> pretending to be a native American while Wahoo's actually, you know, Indian. <laughs> but, yeah. So is Chavis. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, they gave him a lot. They, they put a lot of money in, time and effort into him and uh i think rightfully so i think he belonged in that that spot but remember uh, there's only there's only two singles titles belts in the company so only you know european champion all day (laughs) right if they had yeah if they had something like that or a tv title he would have he's he was above that so he could easily have been you know what would have won that belt but unfortunately when you only have two titles and one of them is your world title he's not winning the world title so there's just this one title and there's a you know a handful of guys uh, in this era that could have had the belt, he's one of them. I'm not going to, de- uh, you know, deny that, but it just wasn't in, in the cards because Sean was getting the run. And then if you're going to ask me who should have the belt, Razor or Tatanka in the fall, it's it's the answer is Razor Ramon. Now, had Razor not turned babyface, I don't know, if, you know, maybe Tatanka would have been the one with the belt. Who knows? Yeah. Then the click kind of just took over. And at that point, nobody's if- going anywhere. I wonder if Brett's calling Yokozuna a lousy hyena right about now here in this WrestleMania report. You're a lousy hyena, Yokozuna. <laughs> and uh, in the WrestleMania, because that's always how, how he said the pay-per-views, it wasn't like at WrestleMania, at, in the Survivor Series, in the Royal Rumble, <laughs> in the SummerSlam. Whoever did that graphic, man, they cut, they squ- <laughs> trimmed up. Crush's pinky finger there. Oh, well. This is... Look at these these guys. This would have been the most ludicrous thing on the show if it wasn't for that Mega Maniacs promo. Uh, Crush is going to go scuba diving or whatever, snorkeling, really, and go down there and uh, spear, catch him some octopus. And then uh, he'll show them off to the camera because that's doink, brah. And uh, 
Yeah, that's what this that's what this is here. He's gonna. They really made the best of this trip to Hawaii with Crush. I mean, they, they aired I don't know how many fucking Hawaii promos with Crush standing in front of waterfalls and and on the beaches and now here jumping into the water to find himself an octopus. So other talents. Crush has other talents. Oh, yeah, that's him. him right there. There's no way it's not him. There's the octopus on the uh, spear. There's the ink coming out of the oh, octopus. My. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Where's where's PETA? Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as they do something with the octopus, it's not really a, a you know crime. Necessary is it brought brought a, look. He knew there were going to be two doinks at WrestleMania. He has two octopus, and he calls him doink. So foreshadowing there. Maybe he was uh, maybe you know maybe I just uh, solved cracked the case. Nobody ever noticed that until now. Like Crush was ahead of his time. He knew what was going to happen. He was a psychic. Oh, here's another, I'm sure, tremendous promo promo from the Steiner brothers. Could they zoom in any closer on those mugs? I know, right? You can see every little dot on their face. Imagine <laughs> if this was in 4K. <laughs> Look at Rick Steiner grinning. Uh, I don't, <laughs> don't want to get in the ring with those guys. Head shrinkers, <laughs> we've got an idea for you. You've seen I don't that want to before. be any part of that. <laughs> oh, they've been but, there, done that. So this is a week out from WrestleMania, and they announced four of the matches here on this report <laughs> on the USA special. So at least we know those four matches. They even leave out the Undertaker John Gonzalez match here, <laughs> probably for so. for good reason. Oh boy, we got a hell of a doozy coming up next on this show, Steve. It's a six man tag. Oh, shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at that tie. I know it's Look so loud. It's, uh, what yeah, are you it's, doing, Gene? <laughs> Oh, shit. It's not even like SummerSlam. They would have made more sense going into SummerSlam with uh, Luger. But yeah, here here before WrestleMania, I don't even know what's happening here. Is he gone at SummerSlam? I think that's his, uh, is that his last night? I know Joe Fowler is already doing interviews at SummerSlam. There. Yeah, he's there. I don't think Gene's there. I know he's gone. Like, he? like right there, that's the end of Gene. Oh, look at, here we go. It's the Beverly Brothers and Little Louie. Yes, the midget wrestlers have returned to the WWE after, after many, many years. Um, you guys might remember Little Beaver and those guys from WrestleMania 3. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it's been since, since Little Beaver was there and got smashed by Bundy. Uh, I, I, know, I know they still did midget matches for the next year on and off, but I, I don't remember a whole lot beyond that. Um, they do a Macho Man one with Doink, right? that'll be, yeah, later on, right. And that'll be this gentleman here coming to the ring with the Bushwhackers. The uh, Macho Midget is uh, right there, Tiger Jackson. That's also Dink the Clown, for anybody wondering. So we have the Beverly Brothers and Little Louie taking on the Bushwhackers with Dink the Clown, who's Tiger Jackson here. And um, Tiger How Jackson never... Tiger been going at it? I mean, well, if you go back to Coliseum Video, uh, to The Biggest, Smallest, Strangest, Strongest, I believe that's the one, You'll see Tiger Jackson in a match on that, a tag team midget match on that. So he goes back to at least the early 80s. He's he's uh, from Montreal, so he's French-Canadian. I don't know that he speaks English very well. He's very hard to understand from the times I've heard him speak. But he's been around, uh, been around long enough, and he's been using those trunks all the way back to Coliseum videos. So probably not the <laughs> cleanest things in the world. You know what, though? I'm glad he got a little run here for, what, over a year, a year plus? Oh, I mean, he's... I yeah, he was, uh, he was talented for, you know, his size. And little Louie would actually uh, make another appearance as well, for those wondering. Little Louie would go on to become cheesy. 
of the cheesy, uh, okay. yeah cheesy cheesy of the uh, Jerry Lawler's uh, whatever whatever that was what was the, what were they called that that year the uh, when it was uh, the the doink and dink and wink and pink versus Lawler cheesy sleazy and queasy there's cheesy in the ring right there with the Beverly Brothers for those <laughs> who care what the hell is his name. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what they called themselves. It was like Clowns R Us versus. Mm-hmm. The, it was. I don't know if it was the King's Court. Was it the King's Court? No, I don't think he called him that because he was ashamed of him. Oh, he's the <laughs> here. Look at that rubbing the head of Luke and Butch. Tiger Jackson getting all up in this, and oh, Butch licking the head of. Yeah. Even Tiger knows that's nasty. <laughs> Where has Butch been? Look at Butch <laughs> winking at somebody in the crowd. He's like, "Yay, yeah, we're we're dirty people, mate." <laughs> well, he, what sucks is is like Luke. He's he's in the states still. He's down in Florida. Florida, yeah. He and actually, Luke looks younger now than he did in like here in nineteen ninety three. Meanwhile, Butch looks like he's about one hundred and seven. Yeah, well, Butch is in Australia or New Zealand. Right, New wherever. Zealand. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, he's so been like, back there for uh, quite a while. What stinks is, is you can't get them together for like an autograph signing. Luke can do them, but because of COVID, Butch isn't hasn't come over. Oh, and, I don't uh, see Butch coming over for an autograph signing from New Zealand. He's not going to make. Well, they were doing it a while. They were going to do one last run together. Uh, oh, okay. Do a bunch of conventions and makes sense. Get your last chance to get like Luke and Butch together, and COVID kind of shut it down, but. Luke actually has a gym right next door to Hogan's Beach Shop. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah, yeah. So, what a weird combo. Like, Hogan's buddies with Luke Williams and Brian Knobs and Bruce Beefcake. Right. (laughs) What a trio. Uh, Well, you know, I say this about Ric Flair quite a bit. You can be rich, or, or, well, when he was rich anyway, and still be white trash. You're white trash with money, and I think that's really where... (laughs) Where it comes with Hogan, I mean, just look at his friends, his choice in friends. He doesn't get it. And here we go with the comedy already. Butch and Luke biting the ass of Bo and Blake Beverly. And little Louie biting the ass of Luke, oh who probably God, likes like it. A train of ass biting. Yeah, and Tiger Jackson biting the ass of Louie. So, yeah, a train of ass biting. Yeah, here in 1993. <laughs> and now we're going to do a spot. I'm going to assume Tiger Luke, Jackson's like... going to crawl through. Yeah, here we go. The old midget spot. Whoa, I'm scared. I'm scared. And... Alrighty, oh my. <laughs> Tiger Jackson has uh, personality. Boom, drop kick. And that'll send little Louie packing. What's he doing? <laughs> he's getting into this shit, Tiger. Yeah, well, hell, man, oh. he's getting a shot. I mean, last, you know, I mean. It's... Right, and look, look, it worked, too, because dude got dink. He got the dink gimmick, so. I'm sure he, he clearly you know, he entertained somebody. Vince. Right, yeah. Well, you know, he, with the Montreal with the Montreal thing, that. you have to think Pat Patterson probably, you know, threw in a, threw in his name too. Hey, why don't you give it to the the, the Tiger Jackson? <laughs> oh shit! Pat probably Good liked him Pat. because he had tiger panties on. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I like his tiger panty. See how I didn't <laughs> how I didn't plural that. Look at this cover here. One, two. Oh, oh, we're going to do this spot here. Fonzie making the count. Jackson getting thrown onto Fonzie. Now, the ideal way to do this is to now do it in reverse. Only Fonzie helped Jackson to his feet. And what they would typically do back in the old days, then the heel would do the same thing 
And instead of dropping him on his feet, he would just throw him like a piece of shit. <laughs> like he wasn't a human or what you just throw him away. Although Louis's a big boy compared to Tiger Jackson. And uh, wrestling wasn't fake back then. That's right. That's why uh, <laughs> Sky Lolo got spun on his head every night. Oh, this is the elbow drop. <laughs> oh, Blake Beverly going to come in. He's, oh, he's going for Tiger Jackson. Had to tag out, so apparently the midgets can wrestle the big guys. Which, they're all men, so that makes sense. Wanting a handshake. Now, is Luke a bad person? Like, not, not that I'm aware of. No, they're pretty good people. Luke, Luke is very, you know, it's crazy when you watch him here, and you would have never believed it. But Luke is extremely intelligent when it comes to the business. Extremely intelligent. If you listen to him talk and shoot interviews, it's just like talking to... Anyone else. So you watch this goofy character and you believe in it because, my God, he did it so well. But when he talks, like the shoot interviews and, and other things like that, and he was a booker. He booked in Puerto Rico and some other places as well. He was just, he knew the business inside out. He, he would talk about what made sense and what didn't and, it, and what he was saying made sense. So he was, uh, it, it's interesting to listen to Luke talk. Didn't he do like one of those guest bookers or timeline for kayfabe commentaries uh, yeah I, I have no idea i just know he's done some interviews and i've, I've been like wow really impressed I guess booker sounds right though it's possible yeah it's just uh but i i get it they they were busting their ass and killing themselves as the sheep herders and vince calls us hey you guys want to do this and they're like, why the hell not this is cake and we'll make money well, you've heard so, Butch tell the story where they're coming in. They think they're going to be heels because they've basically all, almost always been heel their entire you know time in the business. Look at them. And that's basically what he says. Vince is like, I want to make you guys baby faces. And Butch supposedly gets up during the middle of the meeting, leans over the Vince's desk and gets in Vince's face and says, if you can make this face a baby face, you know, you go for it or whatever. So uh, <laughs> the rest is history, though. The Butchwhackers right. uh, take off. I was never a fan. I never got into the Bushwhackers. I wasn't. Um, I, I see the appeal for a kid. Like, if you're not. Not this kid. To me, the, <laughs> no, no. I meant, I meant to me, they're like more casual wrestling fans who are just there right. to entertain. Like, like, I'm a fan and you're a fan, but it's a different fandom, if, if that makes sense. Like, we yeah. love the business for what it is and what it's supposed to be. Whereas some people just want to be entertained and they don't care how they're getting entertained. So these yeah. dudes bouncing their arms up around and just the, the shenanigans that they pull in the ring. Casual fans are going to enjoy that. And I, I can no, see it the worked. appeal. If I mean, that's it, why you're into it clearly it, worked for me, the majority I, of the crowd. You can see them getting into it, doing the bushwhacker bounce oh, yeah. or whatever they would call it. And all that, all that shit on the way to the ring. I mean, they, they allowed them to lick their heads. I remember when I was a kid, when they would do that, you know, I would be sitting there, me and my cousin would be sitting there and she would say, what would you do? If I said, you know, obviously I didn't use the expletives, but it was basically, you know, I'd fucking punch him in the face. Like if Luke tried to lick me, like that's literally how I felt at like 10 years old. Like, don't be fucking licking me, dick. You know, I loved, oh, I always loved bump. that bump. I always, he used to always take that bump. Um, just made it look so good, you know, getting whipped into the corner, bouncing yeah. out like that. Such an easy move, too. I'm sure it hurt a little bit bouncing into those corners. They're not very safe. They're, like, soft, but uh, something so simple like that, and then all of a sudden your your whole match is set in front of you, just work the back. 
Yeah. And I, I know that was a lot of the move a lot of the matches that the Bushwhackers had is Luke selling the back. Now, neither yeah. one of these teams will be part of WrestleMania, so this is kind of just filler on TV here. It's uh, added attraction. Obviously, you got your midgets, you got the Bushwhackers, and then the Beverly Brothers. Beverly's, well, Bo is uh, going to be done here pretty soon. Sometime in May, I think Bo's done. He's, I think he does the Lloyds of London gimmick, so he can't work anymore at that point. Mike Enos, who's Blake Beverly, will stay on. Ooh, that was an awful bump. If I just put a bump over by Luke, he takes a bump like that, of course. Um, <laughs> but... Blake Beverly's going to stay on basically as a job guy moving forward after this, and he'll actually team up with the Brooklyn Brawler some <laughs> and replace uh, oh, Bo man. Beverly. Yeah, and then uh, the Bushwhackers were in and out by this point quite a bit. I mean, if you go back and look at yeah. um, results from ninety two and ninety three, and, and so yeah, ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, they come in and out whenever Vince needs them to fill spots. That's all this was. They got called back. They came and worked the. Uh, I think it was the European tour. Uh, yeah. Going into Mania. I'm on the grenade. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're still here, and I think they're in and out here probably for another month or so. Then they come back late in the summer and do some more six-mans with the midget gimmick, because I think it makes uh, makes air again, maybe, at some point close to SummerSlam. What uh, a shit elbow. <laughs> Blake going inside <laughs> out on a Isn't on a one-mile-an-hour clothesline. Yeah. Uh, Didn't really work. I, I, I was way wow. more entertained by, like, a... <laughs> Like a Rockers team or a Heart Foundation team for oh, yeah. a face team, like that's that's what I liked. This was never my thing. Uh oh, it looks like it uh, spells the end here for little Louie. I don't like his odds here. <laughs> Tiger Jackson Tiger's perched like, on the top rope. High crossbody. One, Ooh. two, three. Tiger Jackson picks up the win for Heat and the Bushwhackers. They get the win. The longest match on the show: nine minutes and fifty-seven seconds. I was kind of dreading that when I was looking at the time, but it didn't seem like it went that long. Yeah, but no, I mean, all it, it works. All the are going on, like, yeah. so much shit going on with the the little guys that uh, you just kind of forget. You kind of get lost in it a little bit. So I got to say this. It was probably the fastest-paced Bushwhacker match I've ever watched. Like, there was no downtime. Typically, we always see Luke selling, uh, you know, on the mat, yep. to, and then we eventually get that hot tag to Butch or vice versa. Still to come, one more match, Steve. It's the main event of March to WrestleMania 9. Up next, it's The Undertaker taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. What a, a big match for TV. Two more big names going to go at it. What's going to happen? Like, Bam Bam's still fresh in the company. He can't do a job here. But The Undertaker's The Undertaker, and he's headed into Mania to wrestle the Giant. I bet he'd rather wish he'd wrestled Bam Bam instead of the Giant. There he is, the Giant Gonzalez. Uh, clip from Royal Rumble here. Gonzalez makes his debut. So Taker gets Bam Bam just a week before WrestleMania. I think Bam Bam and Taker would have had a decent little match at the pay-per-view. Uh, unfortunately, this is what we uh, wind up with. <laughs> Can't wait to call that. that. That will probably be oh. the first time since I watched it live that I will actually be forced to watch the Undertaker-Giant Gonzalez match. So it very well could have been 28 years ago. <laughs> it was the last time I watched Taker versus Giant Gonzalez. Here's Harvey Whippleman with the Giant right before the Undertaker match. So they're all ready to go. He's still got the fur. It's not airbrushed yet. I'm not sure when it switches over to the airbrush. WrestleMania, I think. Is it? He doesn't okay. have the hair there. I know, I, I know it gets, uh, probably gets uh, matty and nasty. And <laughs> like we we got to go with the airbrush, pal. Oh, Lord. It makes it even worse. It does make it 20. It looks 20 times more um, 
nasty. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bam Bam on its way out to the ring, get ready to take on the energy. So Bam Bam doesn't have Luna here, and it's so weird to see him without her because I just got so used to that, you know, that, that pair when they were together there for, you know, part of 93, 94, and, and whatever. Yeah. And they seem to work well together for whatever. His main squeeze, Luna Vachon. Which Luna oh, yeah, will be making true. her debut here at WrestleMania, too. So not with Bam Bam, but she'll be... It's an interesting place they put her on the card, I'll say that much. <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. No, I was like, what is that? And what does this have to do with Shawn Michaels other than all of the, the weird gear? The gear kind of matched, but other than that... Yeah. That's about yeah. it. That's the only the thing ring. they had in common. Out to the ring now comes The Undertaker. This is the last match on the show, so this flew by pretty fast. We're, what, an hour and... 21 minutes into an hour and 33 minutes show. So less than 12 minutes left on the entire show. Of course, now I will let the cat out of the bag as the undertaker takes 48 minutes to get to the ring on the live version. This show marks to WrestleMania ends with the Aretha Franklin respect video, uh, Bret Hart video, because I'm sure everybody's wondering where's the world champion on this show. Why isn't the WWE champion getting any play or push or anything going into the pay-per-view? We saw Yokozuna, you know, squash him at the beginning of the show and, other than that little quick promo during WrestleMania report, there's no Bret Hart really on this show. That's because the show actually ends with a music video, but it's uh, obviously an Aretha Franklin song. They don't have the rights to it. So for some reason, instead of using some of their generic music like they do in everything else, they just edit it completely off the show. So we never even really get a goodbye from Vince and Bobby. They, they, uh, they kind of close off that before they throw it to the music video. So well, the, the hard part with, dub and the music is the whole video is based off of the song right like a lot well, of that you could say that about uh, any other song uh <laughs> that plays into some of the videos well don't they here. do the work like the letters and stuff like spell it during like when she's saying it well there's there's no uh there's, there's there's no law that says you can't spell the word respect during a music video though so i mean well no i know i mean that's what i meant like if you dub a different song over it, it and you have that part in it, like it's tough, like to line it up. I, I don't, I don't know. Probably a lot no. of extra work that's not necessary. I would just put any generic music over it. I mean, if they do it with everything else, that doesn't match necessarily. So they don't care. They just cut. You know what? We just let's just edit this off here. Yeah, because they've Too done it with other Bret Hart, the other Bret Hart videos, the uh, making All some of them. noise. Tom Petty. Yeah. 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 And take her right on top of, yeah, definitely. Bam Bam going to powder right away. He's uh, uh, underestimated the Undertaker. I don't know why you would do that. So, yeah, Bam Bam, I mentioned during that Kamala match, Bam Bam gets the shaft at WrestleMania. Far more talented than some of the guys who actually make it to the pay-per-view. The plan was to put Bam Bam (laughs) over Kamala. Yeah, Bob Backlund, for instance. Um (laughs) The plan was to put Bam Bam over Kamala. Unfortunately, the you know there's not enough time on the show, and that's the match that gets cut, which probably a good idea, Bam Bam versus Kamala. But Kamala yeah. at least makes the Coliseum videotape at the end. I mean, Bam Bam doesn't Playing even with get that the much. Elephant, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing with his uh, jungle friends, as they put it, or something along those lines, oh, scrolling Lord. across the bottom. Yeah. I have to wonder if Bam Bam's even going to get any offense in here. Taker's dominating, and there's not a whole lot of time left on the show. 
Uh, Bigelow knows how to get his heat. This is already better than the Boss Man match uh, from Royal Rumbles. So oh, yeah. I'll oh, give him yeah. that. <laughs> this is like a step above the Typhoon match. <laughs> yeah. The typhoon no. match wasn't terrible either, but uh, compared to Boss Man, like every match is going to look good compared to that Boss Man match. That's like one of the worst pay-per-view matches of probably from what? The first WrestleMania till this time frame. Like that's one of the worst matches on yeah, the card. Yeah, you know, I actually had a listener, listener of the Grenade Show listened to that episode of the Royal Rumble. Actually, I had two. I'm, I take that back. I had two different guy, uh, guys send me messages and comment on our commentary throughout that Bam Bam Bossman match. One of the guys actually just, just uh, messaged me today. He said, I had totally forgotten how bad the Bossman versus Bigelow match was at Royal Rumble. Uh, you guys are right. It was awful. And then the other guy was also like kind of putting over the fact that we were crapping on it and how bad it was. Uh, it's uh, it's easy to crap on something when it's not good, and that was just not good. Whoa, that was ugly. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not good. Undertaker going for the flying uh-huh. clothesline, bam, bam, out of the way, and Taker takes a a silly bump. I don't know how else you can roll out of that one. Yeah, so... I'm sure this one with the. Well, I guess never mind. I was going to say regular clothesline, but. That's not going to work. Out to the floor. Bigelow slams Taker, but Taker sits up. Still kind of no-selling Bam Bam here. So Bammer going to get most of his offense on the outside, it looks like. Ramming Taker into anything that's uh, that's steel. (laughs) Ringside steel post now. So this was a good, this is, I don't even want to call it a workout. Whoa, Taker takes that bump over the stairs really nicely. Uh, this isn't really a workout match because Bigelow is much better than a, a workout opponent, but this is a nice setup for Taker going into WrestleMania since they're kind of building Jan Gonzalez as this unstoppable force at this point. Yeah, and really, initially it looks like they maybe going to job out Bam Bam and make Undertaker look weak, uh, strong to... Uh, but clearly not. The power of the urn. Paul Bear calling on Undertaker to get back in the ring and uh, finish Bammer off, but that's just not that easy when you got a guy like Bigelow. Bigelow, it seemed like they didn't know what they wanted to do with him. It was almost like they wanted to push him to the main event, but they never really pulled the trigger on it during this period. He was so yeah. over as a babyface uh, when he came in in 87 and into 88 and then uh, blew out one knee, then he blew out the other knee, I think he kind of lost interest with the company. There were some issues there. I'm sure Hulk Hogan uh, put the kibosh on uh, some of the push, like he did with so many guys before Bam Bam and after. So Bigelow. But that that run, man, uh, there were points where he was just so over as a babyface. I loved him. I was all, I was like to play him in the old series. WrestleMania game, the old original NES game. Uh, did the cartwheel kick in it and everything. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he <laughs> even got to be the last guy out of Survivor Series because Hogan came back in, stole his thunder. At the end of the match, uh, attacked Andre. So you forget about Bam yep. Bam. But he comes back here as a heel. So I was kind of bummed because you get a little bit of a different Bam Bam. He's working the heel pace more slow. Oh, looks like he might be setting up for the diving head, but he's got Undertaker laid out. Yeah, he looks like he might be going to the top. No, he's not staying down. <laughs> that didn't work, Bam Bam. Oh, man. Interesting choice, though, to uh, put Bigelow in the ring yeah, with the Undertaker. Is... It's odd. Although I, I get it, like if you're looking Bam for Bam was... you know a, 
a, a, a real competitive opponent here. I get I get it from that standpoint, but Bam Bam's really not been on TV long enough to uh, you know be put in this position to where you know win or go home basically. You ain't hitting that Bam Bam. Choose a different corner. Well, we saw him try to hit that on a raw recently. <laughs> he didn't make <laughs> exactly it. Exactly <laughs> my point. <laughs> Here we go. Boom. I always loved the way it was he just always like d- dove down like a like a plane crash or something, man, the way he would uh nail that uh, headbutt there coming off the ropes. It's like a kamikaze missile yeah. or something. Yeah. So maybe he just dropped that on Brutus's face. Yeah, just drop Bam Bam's face on Brutus's face. We'll see. That's right. See if that mask holds up. Bigelow going to the top. Now now he's going for the diving headbutt. Not sure if it'll connect or not, but we're going to find out here in a second. It's and Undertaker not. sits up. Great spot. <laughs> Big, Bigelow misses the awesome. diving headbutt, his finisher. And now comes the clothesline. Oh, yeah, there it is. Boom. Flying clothesline. Uh, Bigelow tries to go a little inside out there for Taker. Uh-oh, choke slam. Boom. Yeah, that was that's what was in the video, man. <laughs> well, we're not going to uh, see a tombstone. We're not going to see anything. It looks like Bigelow waving the match it. off. There Rolls out is. of the ring. The classic uh, WWF booking of can't give away a finish. <laughs> F this. I'm done. This is that your main it. events on March to WrestleMania. Undertaker wins on a countout. Bigelow rolls out of the ring after the choke slam and just says, screw this, and walks off. What's the point of the match if you're just going to walk away from Why go out there to begin with? And why not put this, this on earlier good. in the show and end with Yoko over Savage? At least you're getting a finish there. I don't know. I guess yeah. they want to live on that, uh, leave on the high point and uh, uh, put over a baby face. Oh, but, oh here. There here is. it is. This is what they were saving for the end of the show. There, that's the money maker right there. There's ratings. Hashtag ratings. Yes. If hashtag was a thing back in 1993, Jesus. it would be hashtag Giant Gonzalez all day long. Standing Dude, in the aisleway. I know. He's his hand gigantic. is like, <laughs> his hand is taller than like, it's touching the top of that damn set. Holy shit. Well, I mean, he's a legit 7'7", seven, seven, so you figure what? he's like. That's like uh, over nine feet in the air, maybe. So, yeah. It's, a, it's insane, man. <laughs> it's so crazy. The Taker. Like, oh, there's uh, there's Pat Patterson and JJ and Rene Goulet. Everybody trying to hold the Undertaker back. He's coming towards the Giant Gonzalez in the aisle. But oh no, wait till WrestleMania. And that's what we're gonna have to do, which will be part of the Wrestling Memory Grenade Show, the WrestleMania Nine Watch Along coming up very soon over there. But for right now, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. Is the Undertaker. Slowly stalk Paul Bear. I always love it when he grabbed Undertaker by his hair. Like, uh, you know, he could control the Undertaker. He's like Kim Chi, right? This is Kim Chi abused uh, Kamala. Paul Bear abusing right. the Undertaker here. Undertaker, you are a man. I don't know what the oh, giant Gonzalez is, but Kamala, <laughs> but the Undertaker's a man. He's a Sasquatch, damn it. And <laughs> Eligante off to the back. The Undertaker has to wait another week. To get his hands on him, and now we're closing things up, Bobby and Vince, with some uh, end of the show banter. But like I said, we don't even get the music video, so I think Bobby shoves his ass in Vince's face here, and, I, and that's how we end the show, if I remember correctly. But that was a fun little TV show, ninety minutes in and out. 
Yeah, it was pretty good. It went fast. Uh, matches weren't bad. Uh, some entertaining segments. Um, some questionable segments. Uh, Certainly. Still don't know what the hell uh, Hulk Hogan was snorting. But uh, <laughs> It was some good shit, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, this was a, it was a good show. It was funny. Here we go. It wasn't funny, but I mean, it was Bobby uh, sticking his ass there. Oh, that's, that's the end of that. That's all she wrote. <laughs> March to WrestleMania nine. Yeah, man. I mean, I think Yoko and Macho Man is probably the best thing on the show. Cause you get the finish and, uh, it was solid for what it was. It wasn't a great wrestling match, but it was okay. It served its purpose. So you put over all your, your heels and, and your, your, uh, challengers and things as well. So money incorporated go over. They're getting ready for the mega maniacs. Mr. Perfect goes over. He's getting ready for the narcissist. Yokozuna beats the macho man before he goes in to fight Brett. Everything makes sense. Kamala was supposed to wrestle Bam Bam, so he goes over. Bam Bam saves face, but looks pretty decent there with the Undertaker. And then for the hell of it to kill, you know, kill a segment, it's uh, Bushwhackers and Tiger Jackson over uh, Little Louie and the Beverly Brothers for whatever reason. So a little bit of everything there. Yeah, you got a hodgepodge of all the good stuff of WWF 1993. I mean, that's that's kind of a microcosm of the year. Obviously, it changes in the second half of the year where more people, different people are elevated and people are gone, but it's a pretty good way to sum up the first half of the year for WWF 1993 was that show. I mean, they had a little bit of everything. want to thank you guys again, all the patrons out there who signed up to the All Access tier to be part of these Watch Along series episodes. Of course, we got, like I said, a lot of pay-per-views coming up from 1996, both from the WWF and WCW very soon. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this March to WrestleMania 9 show. Steve, thanks for joining me for this one. Yeah, it was fun. Looking forward to the next one, man. All right. Uh, that, that's all she wrote, guys. Go on over to our Wrestling Memory Grenade show to listen to the WrestleMania 9 watch along, which should be up by now. And, of course, the rest of 1993 will follow. Thank you guys again, and we'll be back soon with more of the watch along series here on Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Hey again to all my wrestling memory grenadiers. I hope you guys enjoyed what was, for the past seven months, a Patreon watch-along exclusive. The March to WrestleMania 9. We had a lot of fun doing that one, and honestly, I've always felt the entire world deserved to hear that Mega Maniacs promo, and what a promo it was, guys. More new Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs on the way as part of that $5 all-access tier over at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia. A reminder, the all-access tier gets you five gifts for $5. That includes all of my insanely detailed show notes for both the Wrestling Memory Grenade as well as the Monday Warfare podcast. Also, you'll get early access to many new episodes on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, unedited versions of Tom Robinson's TR Shocks the World, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade featuring additional content originally edited out. And this, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Clash of the Champions, Saturday Night's Main Event, Coliseum videos, and USA specials like the March to WrestleMania 9. No subscription, no contracts, guys. Cancel any time. $5. The all-access tier is where it's at. And again, even with the family situation ongoing, I wanted to give you guys something to listen to. And I hope you enjoyed a trip back in time once more to 1993 in the WWF. Another complimentary piece to our 1993 project, which we wrapped up here with episode 57. But we continue to move forward. Next week, episode 62 of The Grenade, 
right back to 1987 in the WWF, February 87 to be exact, as we continue to grow closer to WrestleMania 3. We look at the February WWF news, exit Randy Colley, enter Barry Darso as Smash of Demolition, the Dynamite Kid returns to the ring, sort of. No time to collect unemployment for referee Danny Davis, who was fired but immediately finds himself under new employment. Also, Rowdy Roddy Piper announces his retirement from the wrestling ring. Have to see how long that one lasts. Hacksaw Jim Duggan on his way into the company as Mike Rotunda quits. Yet again, more WrestleMania 3 news than you can shake a stick at. Whatever that means. The Hogan-Andre saga continues in a deep dive into arena results for February 1987. We're going to talk all about Madison Square Garden, the Boston Garden, the Spectrum, and everything on down the line. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be back here next time, episode 62, February 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. So until next time, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there. And for seven nights and seven days, I rode towards the bright lights of New York City. And as I got there, I was sniffing. For- I don't even. Yeah, he was sniffing all right. That, that, that he was, was an easy sniffing, one. Buddy. Yeah. Lo and behold. <laughs>